You're listening to The Whole Church Podcast. Our efforts to educate and unite the church are made possible thanks to our sponsors on Patreon. Please consider joining them for $3 a month at patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast, where you'll be given access to special extras like our Too Long Didn't Listen series, where we ask our guests to summarize their episodes in under 10 seconds. Psalm 96, 1 through 3 from the NLT says, Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nation. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. And how would worshiping in this way better engender unity among our churches? One of this psalm, in part, is dealing with declaring and praising God in the world, in the among the nations. Like there's a public declaration of worship, the worship that goes all the way around. It's not just localized. So, in order for unity to play a factor in this, I would say that this is an encouragement to all believers in Jesus, regardless of their background, to, in a way, go public with how they worship God, specifically looking at, you know, dealing with a psalm singing, whether that's uh, coming together for worship nights, uh, cross denominations to sing unto the Lord, and just being a presence together serving in the community. Hey everybody, welcome to the Whole Church Podcast, possibly your favorite Unity podcast. One thing I don't have to question though, is that I'm one of your co-hosts, Joshua Knoll. Another thing that I know with certainty is that this show does have your favorite co-host, the greatest co-host to ever walk the face of this planet, Cooper the Knight. one and only TJ Tiberius Juan Blackwell. Oh, oh, wow, man, I was wrong. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? He said my son's name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, which brings us to, guys, I just, the, the, the phenomenal the mind-blowing, your favorite traveling preacher and his child. Please, please put your hands together, but not too loud so that you can hear me announce Brandon Knight and also Cooper. And also my general manager, Cooper. Hello again, whole church. I am <laughs> truly taken back by the fact that this is episode five that I've been on with a six one in the works. <laughs> Like you two have had such brilliant guests with, um, you know, amazing ministries, people who are basically, you know, some people who are would qualify as celebrities in the Christian culture. Francis Chan's going to be here at the end of season one. And yeah, I've been here so many times. That is truly humbling <laughs> to be on here yet again. You guys can tell that we do, in fact, play favorites. Uh, Brandon has been on episodes 128, 131. 136, as well as a bonus episode that was our first Pet Peeves episode, which is a patron-only segment. Once you get past that first one with Brandon, you have to pay to see hear the rest, which he'll be doing another one of those segments later on after the show, so be sure to check that out. I also want to do a shout-out to um, someone who messaged us on our Instagram page, Shannon Postel. Um, she was asking some questions about some of the previous episodes and has started all the way back near the beginning, um, she happened upon the fact that we interviewed Dr. Beck and Dr. Link. Good luck with some of those audio quality episodes back then. And uh, we appreciate your, you know, your engagement and your listening. 
your listening ship, your listenership. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Listenership. Your listenership. Yep. And yeah. put that on a want, t-shirt. Put it on a t-shirt. Dude. <laughs> but if you want to join in our conversations, uh, you can hop on our Facebook group. The link is in the show notes, or you can just look it up. It's called the whole church group. Josh, I think is on there all the time. I'm not. I don't like Facebook. That's the devil's network. I stay off. It's the <laughs> Pentecostal in me. But uh, it's a good time. You should definitely check it out. You can drop prayer requests. Uh, different church articles can be found. We just share with one another and be the church over there. So you guys will check that out. Hopefully, Brandon will start posting some of the My Seminary Life episodes over there. That's his podcast. Oh. He does. We're going to talk some about that later on. But first. Permission. First, wow. guys. Okay. I uh, I have a favorite form of unity, and it's how we we like to start the church. We we hold hands, sing kumbaya, and then ask a silly question, because silliness is in fact my favorite form of unity. And today's silly question, as always, Brandon, TJ, and I will answer first. Let you think about it a little bit. If you had to play basketball using a fruit as the ball, which fruit would you choose? TJ, you want to go first? Yeah. So uh, I assume we're playing by NBA rules. You know, I think if you can just successfully play it all, it counts. Okay, well, the the reason dribbling became a thing in basketball is because the rule states you cannot carry the ball more than two steps. Uh, when it started, it was <laughs> just more like handball. People would take, or ultimate frisbee, people would take a couple steps, get rid of it. So that's what we're going to go back to, because uh, for me, we're going to play with like a small cantaloupe. Hmm. And you we're know, not going to dribble it. That's pretty step, close step, to pass. mine. I was thinking of um, honey melon. Or honeydew? Honeydew, honeydew. Melon. There we go. I, I can find the word eventually. Yeah. I almost went with coconut, and I was like, that just would not bounce right at all. <laughs> so you are going to oh. bounce the honeydew, though, is what you're saying. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna try, primarily just because I want to see it get squashed. I, I am a fan of chaos. I don't want to be successful. Yeah. <laughs> Only a small percent of people are going to get this joke, but honeydew is the Jared Leto of fruit, Josh. I can't believe you would pick that one. <laughs> Yeah, that's part of why I picked it, honestly, was that uh, that reference you're making there to um, Bojack Horseman, for those who are curious. Man. Not a PG show. You have been warned. <laughs> you have been warned. Great show. Not for kids. Yeah. <laughs> not for children. Uh, Brandon, I mean, what's your fruit I, of choice? I want to get I'm going back and forth between two very ridiculous ideas Um because there's no possible way to dribble either. So I'm going to say watermelon <laughs> and make it also impossible to shoot. <laughs> nice. Because I'm not nice. doing something. I thought about going just completely nonsensical and just being like banana. <laughs> I was Rape. thinking strawberry. That was my second pick. That would have been good too. Oh, yeah. TJ, what's your nonsensical answer? Uh, fruit. All right. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> any of them. Pineapple, dragon fruit. Oh, pineapple would be bad. Star Try fruit. passing that around. <laughs> a jackfruit? You ever seen a jackfruit? Oh, a yeah, durian? those things are weird. Yeah. Ooh, a horned melon. Have you ever seen yeah. a horned melon? Yeah. A durian would be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> but for the real show, we've had you on four and a half times before. You know, <laughs> uh, not a single time have we asked you about your testimony. Uh, hearing one another's stories is one thing we found that really helps maintain unity uh, we all hear each other's real experiences with God. Would you mind sharing yours with us? Sure. Well, I think it was on the Pet Peeves episode that I established that I'm the dude. I'm just a 
person, which is part of the reason why, considering all of the great guests that you have had that I keep getting brought back, is just kind of interesting to me because there's not really too much. Obviously, God redeeming anybody is a big deal, but it's, I'm just kind of a guy. I'm from Northwest Indiana, born and raised here, also known as Chicagoland, also known as the region. Um, Go Cubs, <laughs> deep dish pizza is a real pizza option, and I love White Castle sliders, so there's my credentials. Um, <laughs> yeah, grew up here in Northwest Indiana. I grew up in a Christian household, came to know the Lord at a very young age because I did not understand why Jesus had to die for me, which is what everybody wanted to talk about during Easter. So I I just had some questions, and my parents helped me understand my need for a Savior. After that point, God gave me a desire to study His Word and also just a general... um, just a general passion and also enjoyment of communicating you to do things like pulpit supply or podcasting or anything like that. It, it helps to enjoy being able to stand up in front of people and talk. And that is a gifting that God had given me really early on. Um, went to college. Oh, I guess I should back up. We're on the whole church podcast. Sometimes I get going mm-hmm. too quickly. Grew up Baptist. I want to make sure we establish all of the denomination details. So grew up Baptist, went to Grace College in Winona Lake, Indiana, which is a Grace Brethren College to get my bachelor's in biblical studies. After that point, I moved back home, did seminary once, didn't finish uh, because I met a girl through Christian Mingle. Don't know if you all knew that part. Uh, met a girl through Christian Mingle. We got married and then it was time to pay off her student loan. So it was either pay pay back the government or continue to go further in debt with debt with school so we chose the bills um we got married not Buffalo, though. no not that guy i wish though or the wild wings <laughs> right around that time really though i was still in college actually it was like 2014 i was finishing up uh my senior year of college I fell backwards into this pulpit supply ministry. I'll leave it there because I'm sure you'll have more questions about that here in a second. I just kind of fell backwards into this ministry that to this day, eight years later, is still something that's been going on for me. We got married in 2018. Cut out that little blip where I forgot. (laughs) Uh, 2018. We got married in 2018. We... Went back. I went back to seminary about a year ago, year and a half ago. I started back in seminary this time with uh, Grace's Theological Seminary, and I also started a podcast along those lines to talk about the things that I'm studying in grad school. So it makes writing an outline and deciding what I'm going to talk about each week really easy because whatever was the biggest homework assignment usually wins. Um, we had a son, Cooper, as was mentioned earlier, <laughs> about two months ago, going on three months now. And that's kind of it. Just uh, a wild 28 years of bouncing around different denominations. Like I said, grew up Baptist, went to a Grace Brethren College, currently go to a non-denominational church. And I do pulpit supply for a number of different denominations, which makes me nothing. I... <laughs> <laughs> what is what is a grace brethren college what is grace brethren grace brethren so it's a very far offshoot of mennonite um so okay. there is no don't think amish okay we were all very much dressed normal it's a Brandon far offshoot 
It Don't let is, him convince you otherwise. He is Amish. Uh, theologically, He's at the library right now, recording this. The, right, <laughs> with my horse-drawn carriage in the in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. The theological differences. I'll simplify it like this. It really comes down to the sacraments. Communion, communion is bread and wine, love feast, and foot washing. Baptism is three times four words. So you go in the name of the Father, down up, name of the Son, down up, name of the Holy Spirit, down up. Oh, yeah. They're going to get you. <laughs> They're going to get I, you. The three Pete. I just as a general inquiry. So we we talked recently on our whole church news, which is another patron only segment we do of um, there is a strong Mennonite community in Ukraine and they're oh. very nonviolent. OK, they just yes. don't believe in violence at all. They don't subscribe to the whole augustine you know justified war kind of stuff or aquinas just throwing that guy out there too but they uh because of that they find more creative ways to kind of be involved with the support for the war without getting involved like that okay is uh do you know does grace brethren have a theology when it comes to violence that's like they're pacifists like that? they're pacifists okay. that is i remember so i had to take a freshman foundations course which included a week of just diving into what is grace brethren knowing that not everybody there is grace brethren and that was something that came up they're very much a part of the anabaptist tradition as well um i think but yeah i remember pacifism was a big part of what i believe awesome okay i was just okay. curious so, so what can you tell us about the church's you, the church you attend now or the seminary, the denomination that it's a part of or anything like that. Can you tell us anything? Sure. So the seminary is Grace College's seminary, Grace Theological Seminary. So it's still a part of the Grace Brethren denomination. And I currently attend, like I said, a non-denominational church, which around here, I, I can't speak for all non-denominational churches, but <laughs> around here, it kind of fits the cookie cutter multi-site the main campus has you know a couple thousand at it all the rest of them have a couple hundred sing very modern worship songs the preaching is maybe a little bit more exegetical than what you would typically associate with that type of a church but yeah they're they're a non-denominational for layman terms what is exegetical exegetical ooh well, you should tune in to my seminary life first free plug because <laughs> I'm in a class on preaching right now. So exegetical is the verse by verse by verse getting into the historical, literary, everything context of a passage of scripture as opposed to topical where you may be bouncing around several passages or talking about the subject of tithing or the subject of the mercy of God. Yeah. All right. All right. So what is a traveling preacher and what do you do? I travel and I preach. So a traveling Incredible. preacher <laughs> is the end. I travel and I preach. A traveling preacher, for me at least, is I go into churches, mostly here in Northwest Indiana, that their pastor is either on vacation, on sabbatical, has to quarantine. That's a new option. Or they don't have a pastor and they're going through the search process. And I go in and I cover the pulpit for that Sunday morning or for several Sunday mornings 
afterwards. It all just depends. I am a freelance independent contractor. I'm not associated with any particular denomination or specific ministry. This whole thing started as purely based off of relationships. I knew I was coming home for Christmas break my senior year of college. I knew a couple churches who needed guy needed somebody to preach and so I offered my services and they said yes and ever since then people just tell their pastor or pastors that they know hey Brandon does this thing here's his phone number if you ever need help I have rarely had to go to bat for myself it is a lot of just family members friends my campus pastor whatever it may be just giving someone my name and my phone number and then I'm there for sometimes it's one or two Sundays, and then I never see these people again. And then there's some churches that I have been preaching at for eight years. The wow. uh, there's one Baptist church that here in the area that their pastor always goes on vacation the last two weeks of July, and I typically get at least one or two of them this year. It's both. So, and I have seen them every year for eight years. So it's a very relational ministry that I've fallen into. Yeah, so you don't have like a, a Fiverr page or like the Google Marketplace <laughs> will preach for cash. No, so funny story. I didn't even know you got paid to do this until I did it. I was just, I really like to preach. That's just something I like to do. So, and it's always a really funny kind of awkward conversation when I do go to a new church. And I was talking to our mutual friend, Joe. And he was asking me, do they vet you at all when they get you to come like preach at their church for the first time? I was, nope. The only question, the only question that is guaranteed that they will ask me for the first time is how much do you normally get paid to do this? That is the only question that is normally asked. Beyond that, they just trust I know what I'm doing. Interesting. Huh. So you said, um, would you say uh, pulpit? Fill ministry is that supply? How you pulpit supply? That? Yeah. Okay. Is that the same thing or is that something different? Pulpit supply, preacher? pulpit filling, it traveling preacher. It's all kind of it's all the same thing. Of you are the guy who is there to help a church uh, get through a Sunday morning that they don't have a pastor. Whether that's because the pastor is just out of town, he needs a break. So in a way, I'm also ministering to the pastor because he gets to take his mind off of things for a week. Or the church doesn't have a pastor, and so I'm helping them out by at least being someone who is there to proclaim the word of God to them, who's gifted and passionate for it, rather than maybe just somebody in the church who is doing it because somebody has to. All right. So you've mentioned Baptist churches that you preach at. You attend a non-denominational. Um, mm -hmm. what, are, what other churches do you help fill in for? Is there any other sure. denominations that are pop up? Yeah, so I've preached at mostly, uh, so around here, they would be considered General Association of Regular Baptist Churches, or GARB mm. for short. I don't know if that's very universal. Uh, I've preached at Southern Baptist Churches, which are different. Um, also, I've been at Methodist Churches, uh, Christian Reformed, and I think... I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting anybody. I think that's the main four, at least. General Baptist Churches, Southern Baptist, uh, CRC, Christian Reformed Church, and Methodist. So okay. when you go to a Methodist church, do they mm -hmm. like tell you, like, hey, this is what we were going to talk about? So that's, talk another, about that's another fun question. Um, 
No, I have not been at a liturgical Methodist church. So, uh, Pastor Will, if you're listening, please buy me a plane ticket and I'll come hang out with your liturgical Lutheran <laughs> church sometime. Um, but so, no, I've never been in a situation where I have been told, hey, preach this this week. If I was, I would be fine because that's one less thing for me to have to spend time thinking about praying over. If you're just going to say, hey, preach Mark chapter one, then I'll show up and preach Mark chapter one. It is funny, though, because that is normally a question I ask. I'll ask if I'm going to a church for the first time, I'll say, you know, what uh, what have you been preaching on lately? What have you, you know, what have you been studying recently? Because with my luck, there's 66 books and somehow I would pick the one passage they just talked about last week. And I just, you know, I want to <laughs> yeah. if you've been in Romans for three and a half years, let's go to Jude, you know, and every time. I ask this question, it usually comes back to, well, you know, whatever the spirit leads on your heart, that's what you should preach. Yes. Agreed. Just just give me a little bit of parameters here. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, the spirit led me to ask what you talked about ask, last week, yeah. so I don't talk about it. Right. And I... And the answer is always Leviticus, by the way. You should always, always talk Leviticus. about Leviticus. Habakkuk. <laughs> I, uh, I also, you know, with the longevity that I have had with some of these churches, I can move further away from maybe a general sermon on the love of God, like John chapter three type of thing to I've been preaching at this church for a long time. I kind of know some of the situations. I can now bring a sermon that is more pointed towards the specific congregation, if that makes sense. So working with these different denominations, do you ever present things differently or you know does does that impact how you deliver your sermon ever present things differently what do you mean by that like uh, if you're going to a methodist church do you like make sure you talk about topics that oh you do you avoid topics that you disagree with if you're talking to a denomination that you aren't like a part of i guess the answer and maybe this is bad but i guess the answer would technically be yes there are some times where i may disagree with a part of a church's theology and so i won't intentionally preach that type of a message an example of this would be not to alienate your audience because this is a unity podcast but just for sake of illustration i don't believe in infant baptism and the crc church they do I'm fine with us conducting business as usual because I've talked to the pastor. I understand his heart and his theology behind it. He kind of gets my perspective. We've worked through it. We see it as maybe a second or third tier issue. We just, I just won't touch on it. So there, that would be part of the answer. But in general, you know, I've gone to Baptist churches and knowing the congregation a little bit better, I will preach a message that calls them out on social justice matters of, hey, we need to be caring about everybody. Justice is something that God cares about. We're going to sit here and talk about this uncomfortable subject because I have that relationship capital with them, if that makes awesome. sense. Yeah. Okay, cool. So when uh, when Catholic priests were doing like the water gun baptisms, that was... <laughs> Wait, was that, that a real thing? Terrifying. Yeah, that was real. <laughs> that was a real thing. <laughs> okay. You could also this is a church drive podcast. I've ended my comment. <laughs> drive through baptism. I, I I definitely remember that one. That so was like a car wash, but with the windows down, or kind sort of. of. <laughs> yeah. 
So you have your own podcast, My Seminary yes. Life. What can you tell us about the inspiration behind your show and what is it all about? That was a great setup. So I don't know if you two even know this part. So in 2019, going into the year that we all want to forget, <laughs> I had a blog and also a YouTube channel. Part of my just general passion for studying and communicating God's word, I wanted to get into Christian content creating. And I started there and it was horrible. Nobody cared. <laughs> nobody nobody was reading. Nobody was watching. And part of it was on me because I've learned some things since doing podcasting. And one of the things is you need to be, you know, you just can't show up and talk about whatever you want. You kind of have to have a little bit of like a like a goal, like a gimmick, like a thing to keep it on the rails a little bit. And on my YouTube channel on my blog, I would talk about everything from my faith to, hey, let me tell you what this interesting thing that happened in pro wrestling this week that would have nothing to do with anything. Like I just, I was way all over the map. So I shut them down. They're gone. You can't find oh, them. You can't sad. find them. You don't want to find them. Sad. But I, by the fall of 2020, I had decided that I wanted to go back to seminary. My wife and I, we prayed about it was able to get some financial help. And so I registered for classes that coming spring. And by this point, I was already kicking around the idea of starting a podcast. I still really wanted to be in the content creating thing. And I was kicking around different ideas. I had one that was kind of like a geek themed Christian podcast. I had one that was like a C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien podcast. Mm. So we might still do that. We might still do that oh, one. Don't don't let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> Other people will steal these ideas. It got to be like a week or two before class started, and it finally dawned on me, oh, I could learn how to do this by just talking about what I'm studying. Then I don't have to find specific guests. I don't have to, you know, agonizingly write scripts. I'll just you know, sit with my homework maybe a little bit longer. It was really helpful for me to it's been helpful to me because I take good I've been taking better notes for my classes. I spend more time slowing down reading things so I can retain the information to talk about talk about it on my show. So my seminary life is me just talking week after week about what I'm studying as I finish my Master of Arts in Ministry Studies. I've talked about everything from spiritual formation to systematic theology to ministry administration. <laughs> you can skip those episodes. I like that. <laughs> Did you? I there was a little. That. There was a little bit of. Uh, there was a little bit of interest in that one with uh, talking about like Christian law stuff, which I know that probably was the part that you were really interested in, yeah. Josh. <laughs> um, but it's been good. I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed podcasting. It has its up and ups and downs. You know, for some random reason, everybody will start listening to the show. And then for some random reason, everybody stops and you're like, what happened? Um, <laughs> but it's been good. It's been helping me. I, I think it's helped me grow in my faith. And the point, I guess, beyond just helping myself, because that kind of is what it sounds like it is. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to do here is Seminary has a giant paywall. Tuition is really expensive. Mm -hmm. And what's ironic is that in 
Wayne Grudem's book, Systematic Theology, he writes in the introduction that the point of this book is for any Christian to pick up and read. This isn't just supposed to be a textbook for seminary level students. This is supposed to be for all believers to pick up and grow in their faith. So my mission uh-huh. is to take these conversations that are normally reserved behind the wall of tuition and bring it to the average Christian who is home doing dishes, folding laundry, driving in their car, whatever it may be, because I think we have lost a level of intellectualism in Christianity for mm-hmm. the argument of just, you know, you just need to know the basics. Know John 3.16, David killed Goliath, Noah's Ark. You know, know the basics, and that that's all you need. Save the intellectual stuff for the pastors and the professors. I believe that the average Christian can and should go deeper. And it's when we go deeper intellectually that we can start to know God better. That's why I consider myself a reformed existentialist, because in reformed theology, generally speaking, I can't speak for everybody in existence, there is a desire to study God's word, learn the creeds, learn the catechisms, study good Puritan literature, you know, there's a blending of the- of theology, philosophy, and literature, which really speaks to me. And in existentialism, generally speaking, you get an eph- emphasis on faith and experience and growing from the decisions that you make. So you get this blending of intellectualism and experientialism. That's how I pursue God. Yeah, I... I find that show particularly helpful. I think if you listen from the beginning of my seminary life and just catch up, you basically get yourself a college degree without the degree. <laughs> um, yeah. Almost, so if you want almost to learn there, these, three more classes after this one and you, you all have yeah, a master's, you guys did it. <laughs> um, all you have to do is uh, listen to the show. You don't have to pay. And also a lot of times I feel like professors make things sound more complicated and Brandon's really good at dumbing it down for guys like me. <laughs> So that's very helpful. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I just want to say I had a professor once when I, when I attended Charleston Southern University who opened my mind to the idea that studying God and studying his ways and thinking about it is a form of worship. And ever since mm-hmm. I learned that, my walk with God has never been closer. So mm. I'm very thankful for that lesson. And Brandon is also almost an accredited, accredited university. So, you know, mail in yeah. your submission, get your diploma. <laughs> he, he handles there all of that. Soon he's going to put my seminary life behind a paywall, and you guys can just uh, pay for that to it. <laughs> yeah, the, page, the Patreon is coming. I kind of keep putting it off, but the, I do want to get a Patreon going. Yeah, yeah. But the regular show will still be free, to my understanding. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I don't want to be that guy who charge. Who charges for normal podcast episodes? Like, come on. Hey, us. Hey. Hopefully. <laughs> Are you making money off just of this? Wait. Just wait. <laughs> just... No. So. Have you ever encountered a professor who taught from a tradition or perspective that you didn't agree with? And if so, how did you handle it? I th- the answer is yes, but nothing nothing that's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's teaching that. Like there, there hasn't been an instance where I was in class and my professor started teaching that Jesus had a twin brother who is also the Messiah <laughs> and he's on the earth somewhere. Like that, that's I've never true. had... That's true. Da Vinci Code, part two. Um, I, yeah, so there has been professors who have taught things that I think to myself, I don't know about that. But it's never been anything, you know, 
life altering. I had a professor, I fall on the Calvinism scale. I had a professor who fell very far down the Calvinism scale to the point where it was unenjoyable for me. I had a professor who was more politically minded on the democratic side of things that influenced his teaching a little bit that I found annoying. But in time, he actually became one of my favorite professors because he talked about something differently than the rest of my professors did. I had a professor who told me that it was worth leaving a church because they had a different end times view than I did. I think that might Mm -hmm. be the only one that I can point to and say, yeah, that was bad advice. Don't don't do that one, kids. That one's not worth leaving a church over. Yeah, solid so, tier three issue. Yeah. Yes, it How is. did you handle these situations as they came up, though? I mean, did you just be quiet, basically? Or Yeah, I mean, with the professor who was like very hyper-Calvinism, John Piper-level Calvinism, it was just kind of a, okay, he's just being his thing, whatever. Like, And what I mean by yeah. that is there's a... There's Calvinism, and then there's people who preach tulip, who can work tulip into every single passage of scripture. And I'm like, that's not how that works. And he was that guy. So it was just kind of a eh, whatever. Like I said, with the professor who was maybe a little bit more politically minded, that that did throw me off at first and put a bad taste in my mouth. But he had a different mentality. And once I started understanding that mentality and gave it some time, I ended up having a three classes with this guy. One of them was a C.S. Lewis class. I, he was my favorite professor by the end because he he came at it differently. He just thought about things differently and it was refreshing. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of yeah. what you do. You know, I'm not going to go into detail, but I am not a, a young earth creationist. <laughs> okay. So biology classes for some professors is kind of... Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I... At Charleston Southern, this is just a quick comment, and then I'll move on. One thing that drove me insane is they uh, they had some different I – I don't want to call them archaeology, but they had different things in their science building that was dated by the state more or less, and it was just there to look sciencey. So in the building, they had things that were dated way past what your professors were telling you the age of the earth was. Which was kind of confusing. Like I would have rather you just not had, you know, just just sure. don't do one of the uh, one or the other. I don't care which, but let's be consistent. A little bit of I consistency. Really, they should yeah. they should go back and just annotate. It's like actually, yeah. it's <laughs> actually um, we think that actually was, like, like that college humor series. <laughs> yeah, this this ammonite uh, is from eighteen ninety three. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. So that, that, that was interesting. Yeah. So what's actually interesting, we've talked about Calvinism and Arminianism before on the show. So I'm going to do my best to drop that link down below. So you guys can check out that episode TJ and I talked about. Um, I don't usually give my views, but just for kicks and giggles, I am more Arminian, but I'm like right across the line. And it's really funny because I feel like Brandon and I probably have more in common theologically than maybe you and a high Calvinist would, which is just interesting. That's all. That's yeah. all. I'm yeah. a, I'm a high so Arminian. A, you're a high Arminian. I'm actually low Arminian. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't know how you like. I feel like Arminians are like the other I try, side of the scale. I try not to be associated with the country of Armenia as much as possible, and the you know the closeness kind of misconstrues. Well. I try not to be associated with the country of Calvin as much as possible. Yeah. 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 So that being said, Brandon, we always like to ask our guests for a single tangible action <laughs> that helps maintain unity in the church. 
what is one practical way that Calvinist and Arminianist in the church of course. can help maintain unity amongst Stop. one another? I'll go with the joke first. Stop just reading your own books. And now I'll explain. I th I've said this, I think it was back on the roundtable episode about deconstruction, that if you have only ever experienced one blend of Christianity, you're a lifelong Baptist, a lifelong Methodist, whatever it may be, get out and explore a little. Go to your friend's Pentecostal church. Go to your friend's liturgical Lutheran church. Go to your friend's house church. Experience things differently. One that is one of my favorite parts of being a traveling uh, traveling preacher. I didn't get to bring this part up is that one of my favorite parts is being able to go to all these different churches, even within the same denomination and see the different ways that they worship God on a Sunday morning, the different songs that they sing, the prayers that they pray, the, the readings that they may or may not do. It's just always so fascinating to me to see how we do Sunday morning differently, all worshiping the same God. So get out and explore a little bit. If you've, if you're a lifelong Baptist, go grab some John Wesley, read some Dietrich Bonhoeffer. If you're more on the reform side, go grab some Spurgeon or um, Martin Lloyd Jones, whatever it may be. And mm. just enrich yourselves with other traditions, because I think we do ourselves a little bit of disservice when we don't lean into the unity and we become very brand affiliated, when we treat our <laughs> denomination almost like our, you know, the people who just drink Pepsi or just drink Coke, like, no, <laughs> go explore. You will, you can grow by learning from these other traditions. I do just drink Coke though, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just but, drink yeah, Dr. Pepper, but do not let that make you think I haven't tried everything else. That's funny. There we I've go. decided. <laughs> but what do you think we would see change in the church if uh, everyone did that? They just went and found, you know, something they're not used to. It's very eye-opening. I could say that from experience. Uh, just to, you know, especially when you grow up in one brand. I'll speak for myself. I, you know, growing up primarily Baptist, you think that that is the only right answer. And then you're shocked to find out that, oh, no. There's Pentecostals who believe in Jesus, too, and they teach really good theology, too. What do you know? And that's what happens is that the church, we, we're breaking down stereotypes. Maybe that's the shorthand of saying uh -huh. that, that when you're willing to actually explore, visit a different church, read a different person, you get the exposure to the fact that, oh, no, other people can be a part of other denominations and still love Jesus, still know what they're talking about. And we can then work together to be the kingdom of God on earth. You had a perfect opportunity to work together to be the whole church. And you just kind of blew it, Brandon. <laughs> to be this the whole church. This is your church. last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah. That we had a good we run, I guess. Roll <laughs> credits. And Francis Chan will be here next week. <laughs> yeah. So not sure if you've heard of this before. Uh, audience members, if you're new, you haven't heard this before. Brandon, I think you might know it. Uh, we like to do our God moment segment. Uh, we just take a minute to share what all God's been up to with us recently by sharing a blessing, challenge, moment of worship, curse, any of those things. And I always make Josh go first, just because. So Josh, do you have a God moment for us? Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I worked at a Chipotle again for the first time in like two years. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, filling in some hours. I have reduced hours at Shutterfly and I uh, yeah, filling in and 
I went into a really busy store and had to actually work like hard for 10 hours. <laughs> and it was just, uh, it was kind of a blessing to be reminded what it was like to work with my hands and to actually see the fruit of my work as opposed to right now. My other job kind of has me just literally my boss has been telling me to pretend to work and look busy for eight hours every day. So just actually working was uh, kind of a blessing. Yeah, I'm going to need to get me a job at Shutterfly. But uh, <laughs> my God moment is uh, I had an eye exam today for the first time since I was probably like seven, six. Wow. wow. I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a long time. Uh, I just thought my vision was getting worse. I was wrong. You're don't just know getting that. old. Don't know how <laughs> I'm working with that. Apparently, I'm a little nearsighted in my right eye. <laughs> just my right eye. But I don't need glasses. And for that, I thank God. Because I look weird nice. with glasses. I look funky with glasses. My head's too square. I feel like you would look really sophisticated with glasses. Like, my brain just thinks TJ with glasses would look cool. And now I'm excited to be proven wrong later. Well, no. I don't need glasses. I mean, you'll still try on a pair just to show me that I'm wrong. I will. Yeah. Good. So, Brandon, but, do you have a God moment for us? So, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I don't know if I've King. mentioned that here yet. But I'm the one who's staying home to raise our son. And it's challenging because he likes to sleep in my arms during the day rather than his crib. So it's kind of like, okay, for this three hour spurt, I will watch this show now because not too much I can do. But it's been really exciting just watching my son grow. He's already starting to recognize us more and be more comfortable with me or my wife, his mother, holding him rather than other people. You know, when other people hold him and he starts to fuss, he comes back to mom and dad. He's calm. He can recognize, he's starting to recognize our voice more. So it's just so exciting to watch this happen. Like it's so, it's so weird. His, his entire world is looking at my face and that's just weird. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. That's crazy. Man sees like what? maybe 10 faces a week. That he like really gets a good look at. That's crazy. Well, we, yeah, that's true. Especially like on Sunday morning, one of our friends sits with us and she's the only other person that he's super comfortable with. Like he's more <laughs> comfortable with her than his own grandmother at this point. So, uh, You can also support us on Patreon to join the betting pool of Cooper Knight's first words. I'm betting on unity. <laughs> Yeah. So um, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, please consider sharing it with a friend or an enemy. You can always share it with a cousin. Big fan of sharing it with a cousin. Yeah, yeah that's that's actually our favorite if, when you share it with cousins. When you share it with brothers, we're like, eh. When you share it with a cousin, TJ and I call each other, do a little dance. It, it's a whole thing. We get so excited yeah. when you guys share it with that's your That's why cousins. it rains so much during the summer. Everybody starts sharing it with their cousins, and we just do our rain dance. You know, we, we have been taking off more during the summer, and, and I choose to believe it's because our listeners are sharing it with their cousins. Yeah, it takes a little bit of effort to share something with your cousin, a brother. Yeah. He's there all the time, but a cousin, you may only see that person every once in a while. Yeah. yeah, our true fans are the ones who share it with their cousins, and we do appreciate them. And if they would like to hear more from DJ and I talking about uh, just geeky stuff, Star Wars, Star Trek, Pokemon, um, whatever video game TJ is playing at the moment, you could go to systematicgeekology.org. There is a host tab. You can hit that drop down has our name. You can see all the episodes we're on and just check it out and listen to more of us. Yeah. Yeah. And we've already mentioned two of our three Patreon shows in this episode. So I'm going to bring up the third one. Uh, <laughs> support us on Patreon 
and you will get to hear our too long didn't listen segment if you're in a hurry the episode comes out and you don't want to listen to the whole thing which is the situation i'm in most of the time you can just listen to the too long didn't listen we ask our guests to review the episode in 10 seconds or less it's a good time it's also just good for a laugh sometimes it's just funny to hear them try yeah Uh, thank you for listening to the whole church podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode coming up we'll be interviewing chad m mansbridge pastor of bayside church in southern australia about his book you can handle the truth then we'll be doing another dividing scriptures episode this time focusing on the history of how satan has been viewed in the book rather than just the multitude of views after that we'll be having another roundtable discussion this time talking about when we should sit with people and acknowledge their pain as real and when we should or shouldn't contextualize the truth then at the end of season one Francis Chan will be joining us. Yeah. Petitions. Go out and sign them. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, And thank you for listening to the show. Come back next week. Thank you for listening to the Whole Church Podcast. Remember, you can always sponsor our show at patreon.com forward slash the Whole Church Podcast for $3 a month. Next week, we will be continuing our Dividing Scripture series where TJ and I will be going over the history of how different theologians, and saints of the church have interpreted Satan in the book of Job.